Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, and welcome to the Beacon Broadcast. I'm your host, Bobberton. And joining me, I have Sam. Hello. I have Artyom. Bonjour. And I have Muriel. What's up? <laughs> All right, and with that, let's get right into it with thoughts on the episode. Blood for the blood god, skulls for the skull throne. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, I don't know what that has to do with anything, because no one actually died. Yeah, Yet. but there was blood. There was there blood, was it was pretty blood, great. blood, but it doesn't mean yeah. anything. So here's the thing, he's obviously poisoned, but the whole theme of this season, like, listen to the intro, they're like, let's just live. I mean, they're kind of in this state of healing from their issues. So, yes, there was blood. Tyrion, judging by his eyes turning purple and, like, the purple core of his tail when it got cut off, he did sting. Sting? He did stab. He sting, sliced. So, he sliced. He did something to Crow, and it's obviously poisonous. It's not going to kill him. I think what's going to happen is it's going to put him out of commission so that he is forced to teach Ruby and Team Ranger how to survive this new threat, but he cannot directly fight kind of a thing. Yeah. I'm wondering if it's going to be like something that stops his aura from regenerating so he has to heal manually or something like that for a little while. And I don't know, I don't know, does he have to find Raven? What do you guys think? Like, how do you think that's going to be resolved? I think he's going to have to find Raven's tribe because they're the closest. Two things about scorpions, though. Venomous, not poisonous, which means they have to inject their venom into the bloodstream. A slice won't actually do real damage. Two, he was meant to incapacitate, not kill Ruby, so he couldn't have used a lethal dose, especially on an adult human. Right, so 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 that that falls into my theory that Crow's like maybe his aura is gonna get blocked for a while, so he yeah, won't he's be able get to. Crippled. Yeah, but not yeah. necessarily deadified. It's a brought down to badass thing because Crow yeah. Crow was dominating that fight. Yeah. You say that he was dominating, but if you watch, Crow and Tyrion lose their aura at the same time. It's not about who's beating the other; it's about who has the advantage. And Crow was in control of the fight; they were at his pace. Yeah. I don't know. I I felt like Crow was mostly on the reactive there. Like he seemed kind of cough at guard based off of Tyrion. It looks back right and now. forth to me. I'd yeah. say the first beat he surprised Tyrion, and Tyrion surprises him with the guns. Crow surprised Tyrion by being able to fight with his fists. Then Tyrion came out Crow, and it seemed pretty even to me. I don't think. Crow was intending to overpower Tyrion. I also think Tyrion was just fighting Team Ranger, who, while they're not nearly as powerful combined as Crow is, he clearly took some hits from them. Like, he had to block a blow from Nora. Yeah, and supercharge Nora. Yeah. And like even even if it didn't that that had to have placed some kind of dent. Yeah. I like that one part in the uh, fight where Crow just punches Tyrion in the face and then Tyrion (laughs) just lets him like walk around. My thoughts on that is Tyrion was so bewildered by a guy literally punching you in the face instead of using a weapon or an aura technique that he just didn't know what to do. He just couldn't process. I just got decked. 
I was it sucker more, punched. It looked more like he was half taking time to recover, because it looked like he got a good blow into the stomach, to the face. He might have been stunned for a second. He looked like he was catching his breath, but the moment Crow was by his weapon, maybe he wanted to also lull Crow into a sense of complacency, like, oh, look, I can just punch him. Yeah, it's a false sense of security. Yeah, that could have been yeah. it, too. I don't, I don't trust anything that Tyrion <laughs> visibly displays. Tyrion definitely seems like the person who pl- likes to play with his, his opponents. Food. So, <laughs> and that's always proven to be a villain's downfall. Yeah, and in some main characters' cases, it's their downfall. Yeah, but yeah, that fight, that fight scene was pretty rocking. Uh, I'm still disappointed we haven't seen Crow actually really fight with the scythe. Oh yeah, no, he does not. Like yeah. he he uses it once on a grim. In a slice so fast, we don't even see the attack. It just is a flash. Yeah, so, like, I'm still waiting for Crow to really pull out all the stops and go full force. Scythes are huge, though, and slow, which doesn't Yeah, that's what I was about to say. It doesn't necessarily uh, make him faster with it as a sword, because it's still like a, you know, clouds buster-sized sword. Like, that's still not going to be any lighter, but I think think it might be faster to swing around just because you don't have the whole arc of the hand more suited towards quicker motions yeah. uh, shorter motions yeah than a full scythe is I, I was about to say i understand why he wouldn't use that configuration in the fight with Tyrion. i just want to see the whole scythe configuration in a full scale fight instead of what we've one got quick slice so far yeah sure would be cool yeah <laughs> yeah boy sure would be I also think that Crow was kind of sandbagging on Tyrion, which is why I said Crow is dominating, because Crow is stated to be a scythe specialist. It is his primary weapon. It is his main mode. The sword seems to be more for, like you said, a close combat type thing than an actual specialty. Yes, he is a very skilled sword master, but he is a scythe wielder. That is what he is noted at. And we saw that the scythe could be used, a la Ruby, Ruby also has a very different weapon. Ruby is a long-range fighter for the most part so far. Crow, when he has his weapon in gun mode, it's more of a, like, machine gun type thing. Yeah, it's more of a shotgun. Well, yeah, and then, well, it, it did a little bit longer range, which is why I would say it's a bit more rapid fire. Um, hand cannon. Yeah, it's a hand yeah, cannon. I think, I yeah, I think that's more accurate looking at his fight with Winter, whereas Ruby has a sniper rifle. <laughs> with a cracked scope. Yeah, that scope's seen some uh, damage. It wasn't over the actual reticle part, but the scope was still damaged. And yeah. Tyrion was able to deflect those bullets with his tail. What is the plating on that thing? It's aura. His it's aura, aura wasn't and depleted armor plating yet. on a tail. Speaking of that tail, dollars to donuts. He comes back. He's got a death stalker's tail. I'll take That'd you up on that cool. offer. I'll take you up on that offer. I don't know if Salem can actually do that because it seems like he's a faunus. That said, it's entirely possible that it could grow back. If Salem can do it to Cinder to restore her arm and voice and everything, I doubt she would have the inability to restore Tyrion's tail, especially because that would be a powerful weapon because the Deathstalker's tail would be way stronger than a faunus tail. She also needs to control Cinder right now. Why would she fix Cinder when she needs Cinder by her side? And she needs a reason to keep her there. To make the maiden ability usable? Look, I just, I love Salem. I don't trust her. <laughs> like, 
Let's be honest here. We She's have a... really seen nothing to prove how powerful Salem is other than scaring the Council of Evil. I mean, other than Tyrion's sheer devotion. And, and terror. He's like, oh, she'll forgive you. Will she, buddy? Are you sure about that? She seems very compassionate. And magnanimous. Yeah, know? she's not necessarily malevolent, but neither was Father in Full Metal Alchemist, and boy, howdy, was he villainous. Well, also, it's did true. you see, you know, how scared Cinder was when she was trying to get Cinder to say, yes, I killed Ospin? Yeah. She she definitely can have multiple sides to her. And the fact that Tyrion is terrified, I look forward to seeing her do something to Tyrion to punish him, like kill him or something. He's like, you're no longer useful. Bye. I doubt she's going to kill him. He's still got those crazy scorpion claw weapons. And he's obviously a skilled fighter. I just... I'm, and I'm yes. sorry for interrupting there. I just kind of hope that we don't see him get the scorpion tail repaired because I feel like it'd just be better for the show that way to just show that whatever damage the heroes do end up doing to these villains isn't just going to be instantly repaired. Speaking of random crazy happenstances, yeah, Oscar. Whose name starts with an Oz-sounding syllable. <laughs> oh, gee, what a coincidence. And is also the first name of the Wizard of Oz proper. Oh, yeah. oh gee, these are, there's just so many coincidences here. I don't know how to react. I mean, did you listen to the modcast? Yeah. So, so here's for a smooth transition. Salem's eyes are red. Oscar's eyes are actually kind of similar to Osmond's eyes. They have a green ring around the outside, but the inner eye is that same gold color as Ospin. And in certain lighting, they're both close enough. Mm. Interesting. It may just mean that that's why their auras were compatible. Yeah, Because yeah. eye yeah. color seems to be linked to aura very closely. Tyrion's aura was purple. Yeah, and then his eyes turn purple when he uses his aura the same way that, you know... Yeah. yeah. Uh, the best example I can give is actually Neo, who um, her eye configuration changes according to what she's doing. And you'll notice if she's doing the same thing, her eyes are the same color in the same configuration for that thing. So, like, it's very clearly linked there to what your aura is. And the fact that his eye color is basically Ospin's but with a little bit more green in it on the outside. Fascinating. That's that's notable to me. Also, they're straight up Dorothying him. Lives with his aunt on a farm. <laughs> suddenly whisked away, literally trying to be whisked away in a tornado of chaos and insanity. No, but what I was saying is I would not be surprised if he did not leave alone and took some kind of dog related person with him, maybe a Faunus named Toto. Swy's you know? evil cousin, Toto. <laughs> if Oscar is the Dorothy of this story, that wouldn't really surprise me. And in fact, I think that's that's a really interesting way to spin Dorothy. Not to mention, it's not like we've not had gender-swapped characters in the past as compared to their original fairy tales. Penny, Nora, Jean, Pira, Ren. Like, we've got enough. It's possible. Guys, what does Dorothy wear? An apron? Um, clothes, I hope. The ruby slippers. <gasps> Oscar's oh gonna steal Ruby's boots. <laughs> Oscar's gonna wear Oscar Dorothy. Oscar is Ruby, guys. Well, I think Ruby and the rest of Team Juniper are going to help Oscar... Oscar Pin. Oscar Pin. Please. Become 
the new wizard type and crow crow being the which actually makes ozpin literally the man has crow has ozpin's staff yeah he has the cane so he can have oscar say something that only ozpin would know hold on to crow causing him to get the staff which is revealed to also be a scythe i'm so excited (laughs) and the relic and it's also the relic and uh, it's all together and yeah i think we'll probably see oscar start to move out uh i'd say next next episode because following the pattern we're going to see a whole bunch of yang and blake in the next episode and then the episode after that we're going to get back to the storyline we're gonna but actually i have a sneaky suspicion that since he's on the same continent as team ranger they're going to be looking for help because crow has been poisoned so they're going to be looking for the nearest you know farm in the middle of nowhere in the middle of nowhere. And it I just was... so happens. It's Ozpin's hideaway. What a quinky dink. Oh. I was secretly hoping more Crow would direct them to some secret passage to Raven's tribe and we'd learn more about the tribe. I actually highly suspect part of the reason Ozpin wants Oscar to leave is because they're so close to Salem that he's actually concerned that Salem will find them, but he doesn't want to scare Oscar yet. So he's trying to keep that information from him as long as he can. It's only going to be a matter of time until Oscar realizes he can read Ospin's mind too. And that's not going to work for very long, I suspect, if that's the case. Um, that's that's not going to last long, but... It definitely seems that, like, sorry for interrupting again, but it definitely seems like that the Ozpin thing is kind of something that's just passed down. So part of me kind of wonders what it was like when Ozpin himself first had that happen, because if it was in a similar situation, then what happened in the past to lead to it? And... Yeah, they share a mind and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so I think what it is is whenever the person with Ozpin's power lets for the sake of... Uh, argument say wizard because that's what all the signs point to whenever the current wizard dies kicks the bucket you get transferred to the next compatible person on the planet unless you have somebody in mind it might be the same rules as the maiden guys it has to be somebody young probably that is the same rules it's the avatar rule it's a different person on, on a different continent each time then no, no, no. Think about it this way. The maiden power is the same unique abilities passed down via inheritance or mystic means, spiritual means. But what was the other component of the avatar's power? The wisdom of all previous avatars. So the wizard kept the legacy component, but the maidens received the power component. Yeah, that would make sense to me. Although, I do wonder if Oscar has been a farmhand all his life. He's obviously going to be strong, but he's not necessarily going to know how to fight. So I'm wondering if at some point he's going to have like an Avatar State type thing where he remembers previously other wizards fighting. So his farm boy strength that comes naturally from doing physical manual labor all day might combine with that and that might be part of why he was a good candidate. He just hurls the compost king bin at someone. Like, <laughs> I like mean, a I hope Beowulf so. <laughs> shows up and he just picks up the entire structure and just hurls it. His weapon is the compost king. 
I mean, I don't think he's going to be able to do anything I like that. Uh, and I, I do wonder if he's going to have two semblances. One from the wizard powers and one that's just his uniquely. And then maybe... So, so maybe it would be either Ospin's and his, or there's one that all wizards get and then also his, or something like that. What if they? What if this? If they do have several semblances, what if they just kind of blend together? That's also possible, but I, I'm wondering if that part is magic and not semblance, which is, there is a difference we've noticed. Well, it's been implied that this pseudo reincarnation is the wizard's semblance because in the world of Remnant, Ozpin is specifically used to talk about semblances that make you beyond just a man. So I think it is some sort of pseudo reincarnation that is a baseline ability, like a passive semblance. And then there's your personal active semblance. I just had this thought. What if the maiden power also includes this same, I don't know, mental link between the previous maiden and that line that Salem gave Cinder, make it afraid of you, was basically Salem giving directions to Cinder to take control and dominate... Assimilate Amber. The, yeah, or the, the maiden hive mind that gets transferred with the power. Since it wasn't a clean transfer and it wasn't through the regular means, it was with Salem's magic, so it might be stripped of the emotion, but still the same raw... Mechanics. Yeah. I mean, the only argument I have against that is that the whole thing with Pyrrha is actually way worse if you consider the fact that Ospin himself had to go through the joining of two souls, and he says he was terrified by it. And, like, he explicitly had to ask Pyrrha, are you sure? Because he knew kind of how that would end up. And I think that the traditional way the Maiden's power would have joined to somebody, that would have been different just because he was not nearly as, like, hesitant about it. He didn't talk about it in the same way. And and I think that doing that to Pira was would have done the same thing that was done to him and now done to Oscar. Whereas the way the Maiden's power transfers normally maybe wouldn't do that. But you're right that maybe because of the way it was done. But I, I would argue against it. I don't know. I don't really see how those two kind of have to be mutually exclusive, though. It could have been Ozpin was more worried less about the mental toll that it would take on Pyrrha and more on the fact that it's kind of just taking your life away. And generally speaking, the Maidens don't make that choice when they receive the power. They just get the power. Pyrrha was in a unique position to make the decision to receive the power. Also, also a point in your favor, I, it's possible. Um, it would explain definitely the way Salem talked about it. Yeah, because that line just kind of has been sticking out to me. And if Salem is has basically ripped all of the uh, the cognizant part, or probably what could be even worse, pulled away the amber barrier and just let all of the minds, that whole hive mind of you know all the past experiences of this fall maiden, just oh. brunt Cinder with one thing and then Salem probably put up some form of magic as a way of blocking it but Cinder now needs to force her will over the main power because generally speaking these powers are supposed to want to transfer to Whoever gets another it. person and if they're 
forcefully ripped from that person, then the power itself could take offense to that and not want to be a part of that. Not to mention, it also might be a gradual thing, which is why it didn't happen at first. And that could be the fatal flaw that Salem was talking about. So also possible is... Because with Oscar, we see him the first time, he hears nothing. We see him the second time, he hears a voice here and there. Now he's having conversations with himself. Like, it could have a gradual effect and be getting stronger as well, which is why in the initial battle she was fine until she gets to Ruby or, you know, this, this, and that, where it's eventually getting to that point of just being awful to deal with. And it's only now reaching that. Anyway, that's just a total crackpot theory. I mean, it makes sense now that we've talked about it, though. (laughs) I could definitely see it going that direction. Yeah, 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 yeah. I wonder if without Salem's influence, she might just accept it and end up... Actually, with Cinder as not a good character, but rather... Chaotic evil? Cinder... Well, not evil, even, but, like, neutral. neutral. More neutral in that the previous lives take over for her, and she is no longer in control. It's just the Fall Maiden. The body of Cinder with the collective mind of the Fall Maidens. Well, if I can just say, the only thing that I can think of against that would be that I don't think Salem would be willing to take that kind of risk because this seems like a very well thought out plan and for it to fall apart because oh hey the person that we assigned to take the main powers actually wasn't strong enough for it to fail because that doesn't seem kind of part of Salem's entire being. Yeah exactly because because of that she loses control because they don't accept her and they don't fear her for whatever reason so they just take over and they're like yeah so fuck this fuck that we're gone we're out goodbye. Fuck this, fuck that, fuck you, we're out. <laughs> that is true, that is fuck true. this shit, I'm out. Nope. Yeah, if, if you think about it, if Cinder with a glove thing could pull the maiden power out of somebody else, Salem, in her fortress of evil, could probably just rip it, stick it into somebody else, uh, or just hold it. So now that, the, now that the power is there... I think Salem would rather have it be in the host that it's in because... And then she she could just kill her and give it to someone else. There, <laughs> like, there's only so many lackeys in the world. Like, they're hard to come not by. Not just lackeys. Lackeys uh, are willing to follow you into the... What appears to be Armageddon against humanity. Okay, yeah, yeah. No, that does, that, that yeah. does make sense. So the biggest issue was just getting the power to her in the first place. Then. Yeah, okay. Yeah... The other thing is, there's the whole Spring Maiden thing who's still out there. They brought that one up real hard, didn't they? What if the other Maidens are part of that communal thing? Because that could be a problem, too, if it's not just the Fall Maiden. Or if the other Maidens are... If if it's not communal with just the previous Fall Maidens, but instead with the other current Maidens. But before we get too far down the rabbit hole of (laughs) Crackpot So many rabbit holes for this. Because... Oh my god, we could, we could talk for hours on Crackpot, uh, but we, we still haven't discussed a very important part of this episode. Another legacy. Yeah, the other legacy. The Schneeze. Yes, I'm tight. The lovely, loving family that is the Schneeze. So, can I just... Weiss was like, you don't speak for the Schneeze, I speak for the Schneeze. My name is Weiss and I speak for the Schneeze. The wrong character had the mustache. And then Jacques was like... 
No, I speak for the schneez. And now you will no longer speak for the schneez. Now Whitley will still <laughs> the name schnee. I'm sorry. Schnee. Uh, schnee, schnee, schnee. Anyways, um... Can I just yeah. say... I went back and watched after I noticed that Whitley was using Jacques' mannerisms this episode. Anytime Whitley was speaking, or he was the focus, he used the same gestures and speech patterns as Jacques, to a significant degree. Okay, before we say anything about Whitley, as someone who might have been in the past in a previous position, the youngest sibling in a lot of cases like this may pick up mannerisms and realize that it's best to follow along so you can make changes later. Before we pass any judgment on Whitley, consider the following, that he's still, like, way younger than Weiss. I think he's, like, what, 13? 12. 12? We don't have an established age. I know, but I just like the, what are you, 12? Yeah, yeah. like, he's, he's definitely a younger kid, and... It's, it's entirely possible that when he gets older, he's going to realize that this is unhealthy or that he has to change things too. And, you know, like, a lot of kids grow up wanting their parents to be good. And the idea that, like, so I've seen a lot of people on Tumblr and on Reddit kind of hating on this kid. And I'm like, he's too young to know better. He doesn't get along with his sisters and his dad is willing to give him whatever he wants so long as he listens to him. And yeah. I've I've seen how that ends before and very honestly, poorly. Honestly, this kid probably needs about as much help as as the rest of his siblings. Make no mistake, it's Jacques who's the fucking asshole yeah, in this I don't, arrangement. I can't blame Whitley for this and I I don't think anyone else should either until he's at least old enough to be an adult. Yeah, fuck Jacques. Fuck yeah, can we just um, punch him in the face? <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I, I think collectively <laughs> we can oh, kill Jacques. Fuck Jacques. Yeah, collectively we can kill him. Yeah. He hit Weiss. Can we just... So did Winter, though. Seriously. He was That's already... True. I, I I'm not defending Jacques. Him? I'll make that very clear. No, he will be... He will suffer. I just want him punched in the face by Ironwood. I don't know if he will. I mean, we already have the, you know, life isn't a fairy tale. He may never suffer. It might just be that now the family name is passed on to Whitley and Weiss can go off and do her own thing. Honestly, I'd almost prefer it. I'd prefer for Weiss to go off and find her own way and make her own decisions and be her own person without being tied to this. There are some strings in your life you just don't need. And I hope that she doesn't ask to be the heiress again. I hope I, sh I hope she realizes she doesn't want it. And that to be a huntress would have interfered anyways. And it's possible that Whitley is actually the best choice for it because he seems to have a more business and calculating mindset. And she and her sister are soldiers, like their grandfather. And it, it could just be that this is actually for the best. Not Jacques. Jacques can go fuck himself. But that this that Jacques cut off the strings, and now she realizes she has nothing to stay for. Yeah, I think we're not going to see Jacques get any form of comeuppance. Not for a while. This season, I don't think it'll happen next season. I could see it happening in a later season, though. I I feel like as kind of yeah. Weiss begins to grow and develop as a character. 
eventually she will come back to Atlas. I'm assuming she's just going to bail. Oh, um, yeah, she's going to hijack an airship or fly away on something. So you guys say she's going to hijack. I've thought this out. So here's, here's like, my little fantasy of how this goes down, because I want this to be on her own power, but I know that she might need help. And I know that both Ironwood and her sister are nearby. So here's here's my little fantasy, my little dream sequences. I'm gonna insert She's... some dream sequence music right now. You guys here. can you guys can insert it if you want. This is my my like my dream is she summons a suit of armor, walks out the door, walks to Ironwood and says, I'm leaving. Do you wanna help me or do you wanna stand in my way? And Ironwood says, shit, I'm just going to give you a ship. <laughs> and she's free. And she goes to pick up Yang, because I think that's how that's going to go next. I would pay big bucks to have Ironwood just punch Jaquiz. Uh, Jacques. Weiss, yeah, I can speak English. She just punch Weiss's dad in the face, say, come on, Weiss, we're going back to Vale. I and, can't and wait just, to see his face. And then I just, want to see the look on his face. I just God want... I, I, I felt... I like Ironwood now. Like, ever since, like, Volume 2, I was kind of iffy. Volume 3, I kind of liked him. End of Volume 3, Ironwood is one of my favorite characters because he's just pretty damn awesome. And he's I just kind of... Dad. Yes! And, yeah, he's alright. And I just want him to punch Weiss's dad in the face and just kind of help Weiss out and then just do his own thing because, like, that scene at the ball was just kind of awesome because... He just, he just didn't give a shit, and I'm just kind of, I can appreciate that. I like Ironwood. Yeah, Ironwood is, he, he's an all right he's guy. He's a good egg. Or an all left guy. He's a, he's a, which, <laughs> which side is he missing? I love, I love Ironwood a lot. I think that he's grown as a character, and he has some healing to do as well. I, I, I think the fact that Winter trusts Ironwood and and that Weiss does as well probably now just says a lot about his character because they've both been hurt before. They don't have to trust anyone and it seems like at this point if what I think is gonna happen happens they both trust him. And the fact that he like is adopting strays at this point <laughs> like the Schnee family Ironwood strays. confirmed for Batman. Yeah, yeah, he's our Batman. He's our Bruce Wayne here. And, you know, I uh, I like him a lot. The, the other option for what happens is she walks to steal a ship, and he's waiting for her, and he pretends to try and stop her, and then and then her dad shows like up. Like Willy Wonka, like, no, stop, oh, don't, don't go. go. Yeah. <laughs> and then And then, like... You know, Jacques comes up and he's like, well, I did my best, sir. You know, were you able to stop her with all the people you have in your building? And uh, I, I look forward to the face that Jacques makes when face. she fucking walks out. Because my first thought was she's going to summon the Nevermore and fly. But I think it's just so much more powerful if she fucking walks. She takes a stroll and just walks out of there. Have we talked about Jock's real name yet? Jack Frost. It, it's, so uh, I'm wondering if the it. evil queen is the mother now and that, well, all Schnees can summon, 
so so I have a I have a I do have to wonder if there will be a fight when she walks out, in that her mom can try and stop her, and we finally see the mother, but I, I, I don't know if that's actually gonna happen. I kind of feel like ever since like you know, Weiss's dad took over the Schnee Dust Company that she's just kind of become more neglectful because she doesn't like how her father's name and company is being turned into just a profit monkey instead of something that act instead of you know a group that actually cares about their employees and i feel like weiss's mom is just non-existent kind of in emotional well like emotionally being there the other thought is that weiss might eventually get a stepmother and that Weiss's mom drinks a lot. Could it be yeah. that she's in pain? That she has like that she's actually really nice, but she's in pain, so she drinks to try and dull the pain, and that she's gonna die, so so that the evil stepmother thing happens. I don't know. I'm, I'm throwing shit out there now. <laughs> that could work. Different idea. Weiss escapes. Jacques, who is the wicked stepfather, oh, sends the huntsman Ironwood to recollect Weiss. All of the wicked queen sending the huntsman to kill Snow White. Ah, and then Ironwood uh, yeah. doesn't stop her. Yeah, so it, that falls more in line with my original theory then. Yeah, I yeah. don't think Mrs. Schnee is dying anytime soon, especially if we've not even seen her, but she's been yeah. explicitly <laughs> mentioned to be alive. I, I yeah. guess that makes more sense. And Yeah, but he, isn't he the, is he the huntsman or is he the tin man? I He's mean, he both. both. Yeah, They're okay the then. Tales. I thought he was a general. Boo. I thought he was Robo-Daddy. <laughs> yeah, and I think with that, let's uh, do final thoughts. Blood for the blood, God skulls for the skull throws. <laughs> no one's gonna die. I don't it's need true. death, I need blood. I, that's fair. But... And, and skulls. skulls. <laughs> we have skulls. I don't know how that last one's physically possible without It doesn't death, seem but... physically possible. Th- that said, uh, the theme of the show is healing right now. I don't think they're gonna cause more pain per se just yet, but it's still hard to watch our characters go through this. Um, and parts of this episode were especially like I was anxious about today, and I just look forward to seeing this show get better because honestly, this has been the best season so far. <laughs> like honestly, like yeah. this has been a fucking amazing season, and. It has made me feel again. It's it's thawed. <laughs> it's warmed my, my cold, bitter heart. Well, it was like thirty degrees last week. Like I was frozen, and this warm. Yeah, I'm, I got my warm clothes on right now. <laughs> um, my final thought is, uh, just as always, the show looked so good, and yeah. Weiss's room and the lighting in that just. Oh, I'm so, it was really nice. I'm so ready for something to happen in that room. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, as always, shout out to Cesar Altagracia. Yeah, Cesar Altagracia. Hey. And the whole Ruby production crew, because uh, it looks good. I can't wait to see more things. I can't wait to and, see more uh, of Cesar's more beautiful sense get destroyed. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I'm ready. And... And with that, I, I've got, I've got it is time thought. to end. Oh, I haven't. Sorry, uh, Artie. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, no, no final oh, thoughts for you, Artie. Okay, I can go back into no, my uh, corner. Go for it. Um, this, I honestly, I'm gonna be honest. I haven't been looking forward to much for this season, but 
this episode honestly kind of just changed my entire perspective on this season because this episode was just so fucking awesome that it just kind of made me do a complete 180 and I kind of really loved this episode. Kind, kind of. Kind of. There's just a little bit of iffiness, but awesome. it was awesome. I'm just... So you did like a 160? One, 179. 179. 179? All right. And with that, it's time to end the episode. I'd like to thank you all for joining me. And make sure to tune in next week uh, for another episode of Beacon Broadcast. Make sure to check us out on iTunes and Tumblr at beacon-broadcast.tumblr.com. That is beacon-broadcast.tumblr.com. I'd like to thank all our podcasters for joining us, and I'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Hi. You're fired. Just wipe me saying Klein kills Jacques in cold blood. <laughs> keep the rest of it in, though. Keep the rest. Just keep the ominous laughter, but just wipe the comment about me saying Klein kills Jacques. <laughs> Please don't actually. Kinky. Hey, hey bum bum. bum. Hey, hive mind. Woo! It's it's the shaved head we thing. We are right. a cult. We are a cult. No, no. That's not, no, that's no, no, no. not guys, guys, our ritual guys. phrase, okay? Cults get tax breaks. Cult get tax breaks. Cults get tax breaks. We cults might be a cult. We might be a cult. We might be a cult, but only to the government. But only to the government. Just tape a knife to it. Yes, I would be fine with that, though. Just a stick a hook tape. in the stump. <laughs> I, that that it. would I'd be fine with that. I would be fine. With Look, that. man, you don't know about my knife tail or that hook from One Piece where it has venom inside it, so it just has to fling it at you or stab you. What about a grappling hook just to like increase his mobility just a little bit more? Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. He comes back and it's just Sun's tail. <laughs> Every time we see Tyrion from now on, it's a different attachment to the tail. It's got a blender, then a flashlight. A knife. Makes espresso. Yeah, it's coffee maker on A one. A teapot. It slices. It dices. It chops. It kills.